Welcome all survivors, helpers, and allies of sexual trauma. This is the FOF Podcast, where we help match you with resources for your sexual healing journey to increase your confidence and handle life the freak-out-free way. We are Claire Horner and Dr. Sadal Jones, two sexual trauma specialists and resource matchmakers committed to your healing and ours. To heal our own sexual trauma while helping others do the same, we've dedicated our professional and personal lives to healing. But that doesn't make us more of an expert on your healing journey than you. You are your own best resource. We want peace and safety back in our lives. Let's do that together. The Freak Out Freeway on the FOF Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the FOF Podcast. I am Dr. Sadal. And I'm Claire. And we have a very interesting, exciting topic to talk about, something that we're excited to bring to you to talk about today. So as you all know, we always start with our quiet moment. So what I would like to do is first start with that before we get into the topic or any of that, because today's topic is very much so, or can be very much so triggering. It may bring up emotions. It may bring up anger, all those different things. I'll say for me going through the process of preparing for today's topic, all of those things came up. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we do take a moment. And then once we've taken our moment, then I'll get into the actual introduction of the title, the topic, and all the things that we're going to talk about today. So let's take a few seconds, about 15 seconds or so. Take a deep breath, get on the same page, and just join us as, as we come together here. All right, a couple of deep breaths, and then we'll get started. Okay. We always try to talk about these topics. I mean, we're talking about S trauma, right? To begin with. So we try to talk about every topic in a way that is digestible. It's easy as it can be to listen to. We're pretty attentive to our words. We do sometimes use SA and S trauma, and sometimes we'll use the actual words, the specific descriptions of things. But I just wanted to take a second to remind you that we do do our best to talk about this in a kind of a, these topics in a generalized way to make it easier for you to be able to listen and to use, use these topics as a resource themselves when we're doing an interview or when we're not. All righty. So today, Claire and I, um, as you all know, Claire and I have conversations all the time and we watch different shows, different movies, different things like that. And something that Claire actually came upon that I had not watched yet was a um, documentary film called Beyond the Headlines, Black Girls Missing. And so we decided that we would watch this um documentary and then provide some a review on it and our perspective on it. This is a documentary. It is on Hulu and Hulu has actually a list of beyond the headlines of different things that are beyond the headlines that producers have taken a deep dive into. The um, executive producer of this particular documentary is Garcelle Bouvet. So if you watch Jamie Foxx, 
She's Fancy from Jamie Foxx, um, if you watch that. And the show actually aired earlier this year. I want to say maybe March of this year. And it's only one episode, but it does talk about two young ladies, black young ladies who have been missing. And the thing about the show that probably drew Claire to it and then me is that one, there are two different outcomes to the show, but also two, it talks about what happens to black and brown or black girls who are missing and resources that they have or don't have, parents have or don't have. And so Claire and I have been just talking about the things you guys know our themes for this this season have been on culture and, and, and race and also on entertainment or social media. And I feel like there's a whole lot that happens in our world that we rely on our social media or entertainment for, or whether that be news or our social media, social media platforms. And one of the things that we talked about is the connection between culture and race and the space of, of media and social media as it relates to Black girls that are missing. And there are other shows and other documentaries that kind of highlight this, but this one really did take a deep dive into some background into societal biases and things like that, that we wanted to, wanted to discuss. So um, that's just the basic introduction of kind of what this episode is about and where we got the idea for this particular topic. And so Claire and I are going to really take some time to talk about the things that are missing when Black girls go missing. It may be obvious, but you know the, the connection to S-trauma here is that so many times when people go missing, the human trafficking component, the likelihood that trafficking is part of the the story mm-hmm. is very high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this particular documentary focuses on girls. And obviously, they're not the only people that go missing. But there's a gigantic difference between how kids, particularly kids, because the, these these two girls were teenagers. And so we're kind of focusing in on that because that's what the episode is about. But there is a gigantic difference between when a white woman goes missing or a white child goes missing and when a black or brown child goes missing. I'll say when you talk about like that space of like human trafficking, specifically in the space of human trafficking, looking at sex trafficking mm-hmm. and the connotation and the some biases that go along with that as it relates to black girls, right? So what that looks like. So it's almost one of those things where like, where do you start? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Specifically because we're talking about black children and the disparities between black children going missing and white children going missing or white adults going missing. So this particular documentary talks about two young ladies, Kyla and Janaya. Kyla's 14. Mm-hmm. Her family lives in Georgia, Snellville area. And then Janaya is 15. Her family lives in the Midwest in Milwaukee area. And these are um, recent. And these, yeah, these are 2020, 2021 and 2022. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're very recent situations. And I'll say for me, watching this documentary, there were multiple triggers because I'm a black woman and I have a black daughter and black nieces. And I think about the fact that they can be groomed in such a way that no one knows what's going on 
right? By these, by the mini computers or the big computers in their, in their lives, right? Technology played a part in both of them. Mm -hmm. And technology played a huge part in both of them going missing and being missing and gratefully with the out, some of the outcomes, right? So I think that for me watching it, it was very triggering. I remember having to, and we say this all the time, like you choose the resource and you choose how you're going to watch the resource, like how you're going to use the resource. And I had to take our own advice watching this particular mm-hmm. one. I had to literally stop it. I was like, okay, I can't listen to this. I can't do this anymore. And I had to take a break. I knew I wanted to get through it because I wanted to see what the outcome was. But I did have to take a break because I think, and it was a break from frustration and for, for empathy for the parents. And then just being who I am and being an empath that I am, thinking about the young girls, right? Mm-hmm. And that whole space of, the being out there, being thinking one thing is going to happen and another thing happening and what that looks like for you. So let's start with Kyla's story. Okay. Well, first of all, just, you know, we, I started, I started watching and I knew it was in Georgia, but it wasn't for some minutes before they mentioned Snellville. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, 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 okay. mm -hmm. Because, it's like, oh, this is close. This is close. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. grew up mm-hmm. in the town mm-hmm. next to it. Mm-hmm. And I worked in Snellville the first 15 years of my career. Yeah. And there is, let me just be clear, there is absolutely human trafficking happening in suburban Snellville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Firsthand experience. That's it. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so she's 14, and and this is, you know, if you haven't watched it and you don't want to know these things, you might want to just pause this mm-hmm. <laughs> episode yeah. right now because we're going to mm-hmm. get into some of the details. And really, the detail I want to start with is just how, and I'm not going to go play by play, but just how much of a common day this was mm-hmm. and the, a time in her life where... This was like a a regular Saturday. She goes to breakfast with her dad. They go mm-hmm. home. They're both just hanging out, doing their own things in the house. It, okay, sidebar. I'm going to go ahead and do this sidebar. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Pay attention as we're talking about this. I already mentioned the technology is part of both of these stories. Notice what questions and biases pop up in your mind mm-hmm. as we talk about these both of these girls mm-hmm. because i know in in the spaces that i grew up in in the white spaces that i grew up in that there's a the blaming of the victim of the mentality of the family situation of the socioeconomic status of education level to already say that just all of the things start to add up you know was she from a broken home quote unquote air quotes. as if any of that matters as when it if comes to, any yeah of right. it any of those variables matter mm-hmm. but we talk a lot of, on this podcast about being attentive to your biases so i want to take a sidebar and speak to that pay attention to that as, as we talk about this but so it's a regular day and she left the house without her father knowing mm-hmm. her father took a nap on the sofa thinking she's in her room i'll take a nap i'll get up we'll eat da 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 the day thinking the day's just gonna go on 
as it normally would on, on that Saturday. And when he woke up, she was gone. Exactly. She was gone. I mean, literally in a blink, you know what I mean? In a blink, literally of his eye, you know, she was mm-hmm. gone. And the effort that her parents went through, both her mom and her dad went through to find her, try to find her. I'm going to bring up the topic of like technology because we just talked mm-hmm. about technology. But for this particular case, Kyla had a computer that her parents did not. Let me take that back. They purchased. Mm-hmm the computer, but they did not purchase the encryption that was on the computer. It was put on later. It was put on after they, you know, after they purchased it by someone else. Um, she didn't even have a cell phone. She didn't have a cell phone. Think about that. She's 14 and did not have a cell phone in 2021. So chances are good. They were pretty protective. Yeah. She even shared an email with her dad Mm. at one point. She shared an email with her dad. That was actually the thing that helped in their case. But she shared an email with her dad some time ago, but she didn't have a cell phone. But they found out from that email that she shared with her dad that she did have a cell phone. That someone had purchased a cell phone for her. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that we talk about the space of like grooming and, and, you know, predatory behaviors and those kinds of things. And I don't know how much of the the spill we want to give, but I will say this because I know one of the things we want to get into is the things that are missing in these cases and talk about that. So I will say that Kyla's situation or Kyla's disappearance, the trauma that she is, that she undoubtedly went through, she was definitely a victim and now a survivor of sex trafficking when we're talking about human trafficking and that kind of thing, she was definitely a victim of that. She was found. I'll say that mm-hmm. she was found alive and her parents were able to go to her and get her back and help her in that space of healing. And she's still in that space of healing. Um, she's still going through that healing and they're still trying to, you know, heal. When these things happen, it's not just happening to one person. It's happening to the entire family. Cause that time that that person is gone, that time that they, the things that they go through, even though they may not discuss it, parents and family and friends are feeling their their anger, their sadness, their disappointment, their their trauma. They're feeling their trauma. That's a synopsis of right. Kyla's of Kyla's story. Well, I want to bring mm-hmm. in the aspect talking about things that were missing. You know, we have what the media and the authorities didn't do. Right. I want to do introduce Janiah first and then because there's some gotcha. things that we're missing from both of them. Sure. So I'm going int- to quickly introduce Janiah and then we're going to dive into all the stuff because <laughs> there's quite a few things that we do not we do not have for these 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 young ladies. But Janiah is the other young lady that's mentioned. She is 15, lives in Milwaukee. Janiah was dealing with her own other trauma. She had some additional trauma or some initial trauma from her childhood that she was dealing with, had been in therapy, but still was struggling with some things. And so her mother and her family were doing everything that they knew to do, therapy, support, et cetera, et cetera, to help her work through and help her on her her recovery journey. She was preyed upon, I'll say preyed upon and lured from her home. That's, right. There's no better way to say that. Right. Um, I'm not going to use the term that they that the authorities use because I don't think that that's appropriate, and we'll get into that right now. But I would say she was preyed upon and she was lured from her home. 
And so let's jump into what's missing. Go ahead, Claire. There you go. (laughs) We got it. (laughs) Great setup. Great setup. (laughs) So the piece that I was kind of about to, to jump into was one of the men, the first man who initiated the relationship with her. Mm-hmm. The first man that was grooming her to whatever conversations they had, whatever led to her leaving her home and him taking her all the way to Texas. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she was actually found, was it Connecticut? Danbury, or Connecticut. In Connecticut, mm-hmm. yes. Danbury, Connecticut. And so a couple of things that they didn't say was... He pled guilty for the production of child pornography. Mm-hmm. He got 30 years in federal prison. That's mm-hmm. the max sentence that he could get. However, which I think what about go ahead. trigger warning? Yeah. What about rape? Mm-hmm. What about human trafficking? Mm-hmm. Because he clearly sold her. Mm-hmm. He clearly sent her with someone else. And so much is admitted to that. Let's be honest. He right. so much is admitted to. I don't have. He literally was like, "Oh, I don't have her anymore." I she went. She's with another guy in Connecticut. Hold on. Where are all the rest of the charges? Yeah, yeah. Across state lines, there's a whole lot of things going on here that just was not at all mm-hmm. considered. Right. Mm-hmm. So that piece of it, I truly believe that if this was a white teenager, that he would have ninety years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to serve consecutive yeah. for however many charges. I think one of the things that was mentioned in the documentary, one of the organizations that was huge in helping the family, one of the, you know helping the families was the Black and Missing Foundation. It is a five hundred one c three. I can't um, believe we hadn't mentioned it yet. Sorry, foundation. I know that's okay. Out of Maryland, and the founders are Derricka and Natalie Wilson. And so they have devoted their time and their energy and their resources and their lives to assisting families, Black families, find their missing children, equipping them with resources and connecting them to the right people to find their, their, you know, their missing children, mainly because the authorities are not helping Black families exactly. find their missing children. And one of the things that I don't, I can't remember if it was Derica, Derica or Natalie, but one of them mentioned how traffickers have stated mm-hmm. that they know that they will get a higher sentence. Um, sentence if they traffic white girls as opposed to black girls. Like that is a known thing for traffickers. So the criminal knows the system, right? Mm-hmm. And so they go after black girls. The other thing I thought was interesting too is that I always thought to myself, why is it that black girls don't get the same resources, attention, et cetera, as white girls? I did not media know coverage. in the media coverage, yes. I did not know that there is a difference in classification for children who go missing, right? So you can be a white girl and you are abducted, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a black girl, they find a way to view that abduction mm-hmm. or that luring as being a runaway. Mm-hmm. That it was that child's decision. Mm-hmm. And if they can classify uh, the missing child, the bl- usually a black child, as, as a runaway, 
then they don't do anything to assist. There's no Amber Alert for a runaway. Right. I did not know that that was the classification for an Amber Alert. I thought, well, if it's a minor and they've been missing and they, you can prove that they've been missing and you know what they look like. And as I was looking at the, the, the documentary and looking at, I paused it to see, I'm like, okay, all these things apply. Like what's not, what's, what's not there? Oh, she's a runaway. She's classified as a runaway. So then she does not qualify for an Amber Alert. To me, I think that that goes to the absolute, it's a microaggression. Mm -hmm. I think it goes to the systemic issues in our country as it relates to how black people are viewed as opposed to white people are viewed. And I just think it's kind of disgusting. (laughs) Kind of. I don't know another way to say that. I just think, yeah, I just think it's disgusting. But that was the thing that was so alarming to me is that the reason that these parents have not that these families don't get the resources that they need and the help that they need to find their children is because we're finding ways to not so much so that I think for Janaya, the officer actually told the mother, a 15 year old is not a child. That's a teenager. And, and that's, that's what, what teenagers, teenagers do. do. Oof. Say what? Mm-mm. And that mother still has not, has not found her daughter. Right. She's not found her daughter and she is still looking six months later at the time of that recording um, in March or the time that was released in March, still looking still, they had to put out their own flyers. They had to do their own work and some businesses would not even post the flyers for them. They wouldn't put the flyers up in their windows. They would not allow the flyers to be passed out in their Distributed, yes, distributed in their area or on their on their property. It was very, very much so a sense that the value of a of a black girl's life is not as much as the value of a white girl's life, which to me is just it's very disturbing. But again, as a black girl growing up in America who understands history in America, it is not a surprise because it it's a reflection of kind of where we are as a We wanted to kind of hit on a few things with this, encourage you, if you so choose, obviously, to check this out. But as you do, check your biases, check what you think about raising your awareness of of how this works in our system. And what I would say is how many white girls or women that have gone missing can you think of who you can probably either recognize or name them yourself mm-hmm. but how many black girls names come to your mind mm, that's good so that's thank good. you so much for being with us and please comment let us know if you watched it and what you thought thank you for listening to our podcast today follow or subscribe for notifications to upcoming freak out free resources Reviews are always welcome, so we can keep doing what you enjoy and tweaking the rough edges. We would also love to hear from you. If you want your question answered live on a future podcast, go to our webpage linked in the description and click leave a voicemail on the right side of the page. Or post a comment on Instagram under this week's episode at Reset Trauma Unstuck. <laughs>